Welcome to Board Games Are For Losers, a podcast where two friends with the same name talk about everything board game related and introduce new players to the hobby. In this special introductory episode, your hosts, Darren and Darren, introduce themselves, talk about some of their favorite games, and give an overview of what the podcast is all about. And now, here they are, the Double Ds, Darren and Darren. Welcome to Board Games Are For Losers, a podcast where two friends with the same name talk about everything board game related and introduce new players to the hobby. I'm your host, Darren. And I'm your other host, Darren. And so this is going to be our introductory episode or kind of a episode zero uh, in where we uh, introduce ourselves, talk about a little bit about our gaming backgrounds, and then kind of give you an overview of the podcast and what we're trying to do with this podcast. So if none of that interests you, you can skip right ahead to episode one. How would that not interest them? Well, it is going to be fast. It's going to be amazing. It's true. <laughs> um, but this is not our typical episode. So we're just going to... Throw this out there for people who want to know a little bit more about us. Um, and we may change it over the time as we, um, as people ask us to update things. But um, the first thing we want to talk about is uh, who we are and how we met each other. So we're both, ironically, named Darren. We pronounce it the same way, but we spell it differently. So the important thing is that we do actually pronounce it the same way, but uh, as you're going to see on the podcast, we've kind of... So I, I'm i Darren, D-A-R-I-N. And I'm Darren, D-A-R-O-N. And so sometimes I call Darren Dayron. Right. And this all started because our wives, when they're, we're all hanging out together, would need a way to differentiate who they were yelling or speaking at. Um, mm-hmm. And so... They started calling me Dayron, and it's worked pretty well since then. It's true, but the issue is that not everybody calls you Dayron. Right. So some of the guests on the podcast will refer to you as Darren, which is technically correct. Right. No, yes, my given <laughs> name. Um, but not really acceptable, but it's correct. I mean, you, it's probably obvious I have the sexier voice. Right. It's true. You'll be able to tell us apart by the voices. Okay. Um, but we've been we've known each other, I, th- I was thinking about it, probably 10 years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think our wives knew each other first, right? Yes, they knew each other through work, I believe, and then we met through work as well, and then we all started just hanging out together. But not, and it was interesting enough, not uh, through gaming. Right. It wasn't through gaming. We did a lot of camping together. We went whitewater rafting every year for many years. Mm -hmm. Um, Did a lot of stuff together, uh, and then slowly got into games. Um, and so the listeners know, uh, my wife is Annette, your wife is Lorelai. Mm-hmm. They're going to be semi-regulars on the podcast as well. Right. Um, so through that, um, <clears throat> we just started playing games. We'll talk a little bit more about how we got into gaming separately. But uh, over the years, we've gotten more and more into gaming. Um, and then we came up with this idea, maybe uh, 2017 for... Uh, maybe it was before that, but for the podcast. So why don't you uh, yeah. tell us how that happened? Well, we've been working on this podcast for probably six to seven years. But really, the, <laughs> the true origins of the podcast happened um, after one of our coworkers, Amy, mm-hmm. had heard that every year, and this has been for the past three years, we've been attending uh, the World Board Gaming Championships, a, a board gaming tournament and a convention of sorts uh, in Pennsylvania. 
And when she heard this, she was flabbergasted. And she thought we were the biggest losers ever. That's true. Now, now Darren, do you remember the irony of this when she called us losers for attending this convention? It's true because she ridiculed us mercilessly. uh, And then it came to light that she goes to a scrapbooking convention every year. Right. At the same location that the board gaming convention was held. That's how she knew the facility. She said, oh, I've been to the scrapbooking convention. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, that's ridiculous. Uh, So... After she had uh, ridiculed us for some time, there was an occasion where she came to your house and you introduced her to the board game Dominion. Right. Mm -hmm. And from that point on, she immediately became hooked. And she would basically show up to your house unprompted. She Um, wanted to play Dominion all the time. And she loved it. And she was actually very good at it, mm -hmm. I will say. She picked it up very quickly. uh, Probably quicker than anybody I've played it with and she wanted to play all the time and all of a sudden she was one of the the losers that she was making fun of right so so that's when it occurred to us that you know everybody at work pretty much makes fun of us for this constantly still to this day yeah yeah and and having the podcast doesn't really help but so the idea was well if amy could be convinced and she you know, could be a she's a tough cookie, and she mm-hmm. may, we didn't think she would uh, warm to games as much. If she can be convinced, we could convince others right. by finding out what they're interested in, and then finding the perfect game for them. And hence, the idea for the podcast was born. Yep. And then, you know, I've seen the same thing happen many times, not just with Amy, um, but uh, plenty of people who I've introduced games to. And they were a little skeptical at first, and then they played, and they wanted to play more and get into more involved games and uh, play more frequently. So that's the idea for the podcast, and now the purpose is basically that same kind of thing that happened with her and so many of our other friends, except we're going to document it in a podcast. So the main um, segment behind the podcast is each each episode we're going to have a new uh, guest on the podcast who is... Uh, Usually brand new to gaming, but, you know, I think eventually we're going to run out of people who are brand new to gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we're going to talk to them, find out what they like, what they dislike, what their gaming experience is, and then recommend a game to play with them. Right. And then we'll play that game and see what they think. Uh, see if their opinions has changed after, see if they want to play again, if they want to buy the game, um, you know, or if they just still think we're losers, basically. And the it might be both. They it's, might want to play games and they might still think we're losers. But the idea, of course, is to, to get them to see what modern board gaming is and to appreciate it for what it is by finding them the perfect game. And I think that's a good point because we're trying to find good games for people to play that they will enjoy. That will get them into the hobby. Not necessarily just try to play the newest games. Right. You know, we're fine with playing games that are older and as long as it's something that will get somebody interested in the hobby and also realizing that you know a heavy euro game uh like agricola might not be for everybody but that doesn't mean they can't there's not a game that they won't enjoy well that's clearly false agricola is for everybody but we'll discuss that (laughs) so you talked about the main segment let's go run down what we propose to do on this podcast Mm -hmm. we talked about that main segment the interview of the non-gamers playing a game and then re-interviewing them to find out their their thoughts on it. What else do we have? So, um, 
and every episode is going to be a little different. So we're gonna we're always going to have that main epi- that main segment, but then we're going to pick and choose from uh, several of these others. One of them being uh, providing a more detailed review of a game. Um, you know, probably one that at least one of us likes. Um, in that segment, a lot of times we'll have a hopefully have a uh, guest reviewer like Annette or Lorelai or somebody else to give a, a, a third opinion about it uh, because we don't always agree about what games we like. So, mm-hmm. But I think the games we're going to try to pick are going to be ones that are going to be um, more available to our audience, maybe games that will help get people into games um, or maybe something new that uh, people are interested in. But uh, we're going to spend more time reviewing a specific game uh, in our game review uh, segment. Right, and exactly the point there is to talk about what other people might, might like. doesn't matter what we like, but who, who is going to, going to enjoy that game. Yep. So we'll follow that segment on with uh, a quicker review. So maybe some newer games that come out, maybe things we've, we've backed on Kickstarter or just played recently, and they'll be quick five to ten minute reviews on them. And again, with the goal of finding who should play that game. And that may be games that are just really quick to play and there's not too much to review, but I think people might be interested in uh, knowing about it. Uh, Then we'll come to what I think might be my favorite segment. Um, Mm -hmm. It's called That's Ridiculous. And so the background of this segment, this is going to be a segment where we basically review and discuss the merits of particular uh, board gaming or board game related accessories. So... I happen to, in addition to buying a lot of games, buy gaming accessories, extra bits or tokens or things to be used in gaming. And generally when I purchase that, uh, Dayron says, that's ridiculous. Right. (laughs) So this segment is, uh, I'm going to uh, introduce one of those purchases and basically defend my decision to... Uh, purchase it and we'll discuss the value of it in in gaming right think shark tank but for ridiculous purchases right i'll keep an open mind that's true but most of them are going to be ridiculous right (laughs) so the another segment we're going to do this is definitely my favorite is called inebriated nonsense and it's exactly what it sounds like. We're going to drink, um, we're going to have our guests drink, and we're going to play games and discuss random things related to board gaming. So think board game trivia, but board game trivia where you don't need to be a gamer in order to answer the questions. And right. And hopefully shenanigans will follow. Right. And whatever else comes up uh, under inebriated nonsense, uh, you never know what you're going to get with that. Right. Um, and then... Uh, through the weeks and different episodes, we're going to throw in some uh, discussions about uh, solo games. Uh, I occasionally play games solo, a lot of times to learn the rules. So we might go over some uh, games that you might be interested in playing solo. And then uh, we're also going to have a segment where we answer questions that people email us. So if you have a question, send us an email at boardgamelosers at gmail.com. I think there's a link on the website as well. Right, or you can tweet or Instagram us at Board Game Losers. Yep, and so any of those questions we will try to answer uh, in one of our episodes. So that's basic rundown of the podcast and, and what we're trying to do. Um, so again, if you're not in, let's talk about us. If you're not interested in us, you can just skip right to episode one. Uh, everybody's going to be interested in us. That's what my mom's always told me. So. <laughs> All right, let's let's talk let's talk about 
how we came into board gaming. So, Darren, what games did you play as a kid, and how did you? How do you think it influenced you as you continued the hobby into adulthood? You know, I uh, I grew up in the eighties, uh, so You're um, so old. I'm pretty old. Uh, so um, I played a lot of the Hasbro. Uh, mass market games like uh, Candyland, uh, Mousetrap, I remember playing. Um, and, you know, that checkers and that kind of stuff. So as a young kid, I didn't really specifically play any other games that any other kid uh, didn't. Then when I got in high school, I still didn't play that many games, but I do remember specifically we one of my friends had this game called Supremacy, which was mm-hmm. kind of like a more advanced version of risk with nuclear bombs and stuff kind of i'm not it's not a good game but i have really good memories of playing it in fact so much so that i bought a copy of it on ebay and i have it in my collection now i don't think i have any desire to play it well that's (laughs) ridiculous it may be but uh so we played that game for hours uh in the summer me and a bunch of friends um and it just was it's a long game and it just was a fun social activity that we played. Um, but honestly, um, until, uh, much later, that is really the only gaming experience. My family didn't play a ton of games. Um, you know, just me and a few friends in high school playing basically that one supremacy. We we played our fair share of, uh, video games, baseball and hockey and football games on, uh, on Nintendo. Um, but besides that, not a lot of board gaming in my childhood. How about you? Well, this is actually funny because I wasn't sure what your answer would be, but I'm actually, you know, I think you're more of a gamer now. I was definitely more of a gamer back, uh, when I was a kid. So I, Hmm. I did the clues, the monopolies, the, the lifes and the sorries like everybody else. Uh, but I also, um, would play a lot with my parents and my grandparents. I specifically remember a game called Rummy Cube and, and lots of different card games uh, that I grew up with playing with my family. Um, I don't know when it started. It must have been middle school or high school. I, I kind of got into, um, I guess, a little more little more detailed games, a game called Hero Quest that some people might be familiar with. I, I, I've not played like, that. It I've has like it. miniatures and, and mm-hmm. detailed furniture in it. I think it's kind of like exploring in a in a... A house like kind of like a mansions of madness right um a game called battle masters which was awesome it was like this six foot uh mat and it was it was like fantasy orcs and goblins attacking another mm. set of orcs and goblins um and then probably my loser <laughs> <laughs> i think you're missing the point of this okay. i think you're missing the point of the podcast <laughs> um, then my definite my favorite and this is one i actually managed to steal from my parents before they threw all my games out um i think it's called stratus pro baseball mm-hmm. um and it was just a card-based baseball game where your, your players had certain range of numbers and you flip over a card and if it gets falls within a 20 to 40 you get a single and, and it but it's actually really detailed and as a fan of baseball and the strategy mm-hmm. behind it i loved it huh and and then, of course, what I have to mention to any of my friends from high school that are listening, we actually invented a two-board version of the game Monopoly, where wow. we arranged them in a figure eight, and we had all sorts of different set of rules. So I think all of that carried over, and it was just, basically, it was waiting, I was waiting to become a modern gamer, right, and just didn't realize what it was. Now, of course, I don't like battle games and miniatures anymore, so I don't know right. where, where that went, but kind of developed into the habit it is today. So what... 
transitioned you into more modern games as an adult? When did you start playing? Well, I I think it started, I don't remember when, but it had to be about eight to ten years ago, and I was relatively new to Philadelphia. One of our coworkers, who we affectionately call Crazy Jean, right. who probably will not be listening to this, but she knows she's called Crazy Jean, right. uh, introduced me to Settlers of Catan, which, again, ah. this is not an unusual introductory game. And then from there, just kind of, that's all I knew, and then we started hanging out, again, not to game. Right. But you introduced me to Dominion and Galaxy Trucker and then Agricola. And I think it was in that order in those three games specifically. And then after that, you brought me to the first World Board Gaming Championships that I went to. And then it was over. So now you're out of control. Um, yes. <laughs> what about you? How did, how did your uh, foray into modern gaming start? So my, so my story is actually now this one's a little more interesting. Um, so, again, my first game was Catan, just like you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it was probably 2005, maybe. I was living in Las Vegas, uh, dating my wife. We weren't married at the time. Annette. Sin. And, <laughs> and her family loved to play games. Um, a lot of Parcheesi, which is an awful game if you ever played it. It's a roll and move. I don't remember it. It's a really old game. But we had a lot of fun playing it because it was more a social event. Um, so I enjoyed playing Parcheesi with them. And then one time they brought over this game called Settlers of Catan. And I remember just being very confused by it and like, what is this? This is not the social fun game. There's actually some thinking going in, involved here. Liking it, but thinking, okay, that's interesting. Now here's a game that's more than just sitting around being social and rolling some dice. There's some strategy involved. Um it's screwing other people over while rolling dice. Basically, yeah. that's really what it was. So then I started to go online and think, oh, I wonder what other board games are out there. I remember specifically going on Amazon at the time. Um, I was uh, big into playing this game called, a computer game called Age of Mythology. It's, uh, okay. it's kind of like Age of Vampires. It's a real-time strategy game, which generally is a, a board game on a computer and I was into, you know, uh, computer games at the time. And uh, <clears throat> my background is, is a, I'm a computer engineer. So I played a loser. <laughs> so I played a lot of uh, video games, but they were kind of board game-like video games. Civilization, Age of Empires, Age of Mythology. Happened to go on Amazon, saw that there was an Age of Mythology board game. And I'm like, Perfect. well, this is amazing. I just bought it, right? Sight unseen, didn't know anything about it. Just really loved Age of Mythology, bought the game. So myself, uh, Annette, and our friend Karen, who you met, mm-hmm. um, we started playing out on weekends in Vegas, and we would play like all afternoon, uh, week after week, and just got hooked. And that's what really started it. Now that's not even a good game. Okay, <laughs> it's, I still own it. It's not a terrible game, but it's not certainly not one I would recommend or have any real desire to play again, but we had so much fun playing it, and we got into it, and it has some of the uh, Euro game mechanics that it kind of introduced us all to, and from there, um, so what happened is uh, Annette and I moved to the Philadelphia area a few years later, and we no longer had anybody, that we didn't know anybody here, and we had nobody to play games with, so we started playing a lot of two-player games, mm-hmm. and then we got 
the Dominion, I think it was the year it came out, and we got hooked, and we played that over and over and over. How did you know to get Dominion? Did you just... It was, I had to get her son for Christmas. Okay. <laughs> well, this um, is a theme that will carry through for the remainder of their lives. <laughs> we had really no... no re- I had n- nothing other than Amazon. It had a lot of good reviews, and that's mm-hmm. what I based games on at, at that time. It was popular on Amazon, so I bought it. We tried it out, and we just couldn't stop playing it, and... We bought soon after the next expansion, and we've bought everyone since. And so then, uh, with Dominion, then we started to, like, hey, there's more games. Uh, We started to get, the next one we really got into was Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. And at that point, then we had more friends in the area, and we started introducing them into games. And then um, we also have a, um, a game room in our house, which at the time was kind of a bar slash game room now it's i mean it's still a bar but the games have overtaken the room and it's a full-time game room where i went and built shelves to hold all the games and right I, I can verify we're actually sitting in that game room currently and the uh it's ridiculous yeah the paintings on the walls are of board games the pictures on the walls are of people playing board games and of course the shelves are filled with board games yes and um so that i mean that's really it once we started playing dominion and ticket to ride in puerto rico i kind of got into discovering uh uh, heavier games and uh, Annette, my wife, really enjoys playing them, and we play a lot. And now, almost every weekend, we have people over playing games. Okay, very good. Um, so now, tell everybody, broadly speaking, what kind of games you currently like to play. I know that your interest will change over the years, but if you know you have to answer this question now, that this being 2018, assuming right. we release this episode before 2019, right? <laughs> what kind of games do you like to play? So um, I'm pretty uh, open. Uh, I like to play a little bit of everything. I, mean, I think I specifically enjoy heavier Euro games, um, you know. But uh, I'll play light games uh, just because we play with so many different people. Like I don't have a specific game group. We right. just socialize with a lot of people, and I'm honestly, I think. Uh, just from going back to the days of playing Parcheesi, I'm more about the social experience. Like I enjoy playing games, having fun with friends, socializing. Um, you know, I think when I play with Annette or you, I'm a little more competitive because then you're playing against someone on the same level, understands the game, the competition is more fun for me at that point. Mm-hmm. But honestly, a lot of times I just like to um, play whatever, really. I don't have a specific i would say worker placement might be my favorite mechanic type of game to play but uh uh you know i'm I'm open to playing a little bit of everything i don't we don't play a lot of a tactical combat game which uh i do enjoy but i don't really have anybody who likes that as much uh those are more similar to the real-time strategy video games i, I like right that, but because we talked about before we would it'd be interested in trying like a war game yeah. out you know yeah. the ones that take 12 hours and require you to move one guy at a time like three millimeters yeah Um, but we just i mean the time doesn't that's the issue for that but that that stuff does sound fun to me but uh, we basically play games one to two hours uh or shorter okay how about yourself what uh games do you like right now or what type of games um right right now i'm more into the lighter middleweight um just strategy type games i I, and we'll we'll talk about some of these but you know the timing for us, and I just play mainly with with Lorelai. Um, you know, half hour to an hour of a game, um, abstract kind of strategy puzzle games are, are fun for me. 
Uh, I like to be able to introduce those to new players. And since Lorelai isn't as into gaming as I am, she doesn't like heavy strategy games. I generally shy away from them now until, again, I'm playing with you or our friend Howie or, or, or Annette. Um, never have gotten into miniatures or any sort of card collection games. Um, that's just, just kind of never, never interests me. But again, I would try all of them, but it just, there's only so much time. So I focus on those light to middleweight strategy. Right. All right. So why don't we go over our top five games, uh, of all time currently. Um, this just kind of gives the audience an idea of what we like. So they can get a feel for when we say we really like a particular game in one of our episodes, they can weigh that with the, hey, this is the type of games that they like and understand that if you don't like that particular type of game, you know, don't take our opinion on it. Um, no, no, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's clearly true. So let's, um, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Right, I'll, I can go first. Right, um, top, top five games. Top five games in, your... in, in, a, in a rough order, but I think this is good. Uh, number one, Galaxy Trucker. Wow. You should not be surprised by that, but it was one of the first games I was introduced to. Real quickly, you're, everybody in real time is, is working as fast as they can to build this ship. Um, and, and then once it's built, you try to fly across space and not have it destroyed by pirates and Mm -hmm. asteroids and things like that. Um, just real goofy fun. The first time we played it, we all died, I think. Uh, but actually you can become good at it. And I, I kind of did, and I play at the world board gaming championships where I'm often beat by children ages eight to 12. That's Um, true. That is true. it's a lot of fun and nobody will play it with me because (laughs) I've actually gotten good at it. And if you're not good at it, it's not fun to play with someone that is good at it. Um, So that's my number one, uh, Galaxy Trucker. Number two. Number two, um, I guess the origin to the um, heavier strategy games is Agricola. Um, Uh It's a very common, very famous uh, worker placement game. Um, And again, I played that at the world board gaming championships. And the first time I went, there was an incident with one of the games where I I made a wrong move and it made the other people mad. (laughs) Um, but I still managed to finish fifth in the event overall. I don't play that game a lot anymore, but, um, it's just, just for pure, um, nostalgia purposes. It makes, makes my number two. Who bought, who bought that game for you? Did you guys buy that yes, game for me? Yes, yeah. You've actually bought a decent amount of the games we own, which is weird. I think it's you're you're like you're a pusher. We I put think. you in. Yep. Yeah, you're a pusher. <laughs> and then now there's an outstanding uh, wager where your wife uh, is going to be playing me in a game of Agricola. Oh yeah, she's been obsessed playing she on does the like app. That game, yeah. She's playing the app, and mm-hmm. I again, I used to play the app a lot, but I have I haven't played the game since last year's World yeah. War Gaming Championships ten months ago. Wow. And there's going to be a competition. So that's number two, okay. Agricola. Number three, this one I think is going to surprise you. Raw the Dice Game. Ooh. Wow. So this is uh, okay. Go ahead. A, very, yeah. a very light game by a famous designer, of uh-huh. course. Um, and he also has the game Raw, which I think is a more, more strategic thinker mm-hmm. game. So Raw the Dice Game, you're just, over the course of three rounds, you roll dice and you're trying to score different points into four different categories. And there's a push-your-luck element because if you roll a certain symbol, the round ends faster. And you have to decide, am I going to try to score points here or try to end the round faster? The reason I put this on the list is because we just picked it up randomly at the World Board Gaming Championships one yeah, year. A few we years play, ago, yeah. Yeah, we play it every year yeah. there. Um, we've taught it to some people there. Mm-hmm. Um, and... The game's out of print, so you can't find right. it. So I really enjoy going there and playing it. And recently, our friend Howie actually 
3D printed the dice for us um, so we can play at home. But still, nothing beats the actual right. original game. That's light, a good game. Light and fun, but yeah. number three, Raw, the dice game. Uh, number four, I'm going to throw Pandemic and uh, and others in there. So Pandemic and focusing specifically on, on the Pandemic legacy. Okay. So Pandemic is a cooperative game where you and other players are trying to... Um, in a nutshell, stop the spread of diseases around the world and find cures for them. And it forces you to work together. Everybody has different roles trying to solve the the puzzle before you die. Um, the legacy aspect makes it into a story. And Lorelai and I have been having a lot of fun with uh, season two in particular, which we're halfway through. Um, but it, it kind of gives us a good story to focus on um, over and over again. So I'm going to throw all of Pandemics in as number four. Okay, fair enough. Number five, um, I'm going to go with paperback and hardback. So I'm going I'm to lump those two together. Um, and they are uh, word-based games um, with deck building. So it's taking your dominion where you're building up a deck, um, but you're spelling words. And there's not many games that I know in modern board gaming that deal with spelling. And I'm a, kind of a Scrabble nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, my mom does a lot of crossword puzzles. I think I kind of got that nerd word spelling bug from her. And these are, I like these games. Um, they're hard to find a lot of people to play with, but it's definitely a good uh, a good way to mirror two two things I really love into to board games. So I made that my number five, paperback and hardback. Wow. All right. So very good. All good games. Uh, what was your biggest surprise on that list? I think uh, Raw the Dice Game, but I'm not really surprised because I enjoy playing that a lot too. It's a fun game, and I think you have a good. It fits in there as a good variety, a different game that you know. Um, so my five, we have none of the same. Right. Uh, so they're completely different, which is I think really good for the podcast. People see that we have. Uh, different tastes and games. Um, so my number one is has to be Dominion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've played for since it came out. Uh, we played a lot. I don't think it's the best game in the world. It's just the fact that, especially with several expansions, not just the base game, but with all, I own all the expansions and promo cards and everything. There's so much variety. It's so easy to teach. Um, you can play it over and over and it's always different. And once you learn the rules, uh, there's not much more explaining to do. Games can be quick. Um, and we just don't get tired of it because of the variety with the caveat that you own more than two or three expansions. Right. Right. I mean, and it started the deck building genre of games. Um, and it's, it's definitely, it's definitely awesome. Yep. So my number, so that's number one dominion. My number two is uh, Civilization, the board game, Mm -hmm. based on Sid Meier's Civilization by Fantasy Flight Games. I know they have a new version, but this is the the older um, version. So, now this game, I really enjoy it, but it's not one I think I'd recommend to many people. It's a pretty involved uh, uh, civ-building game. It takes two, three, up to four hours to play. Um, I really enjoy... Like I said, with Age of Mythology, I really enjoy Civilization, the video game, uh, over all the years. Uh, I still play it. Um, And um, it's basically a good implementation of that game. Also, my wife, Annette, uh, she loves the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we play pretty frequently. uh, And we can play it over the course of a day or a weekend, leave it set up in the game room and and play. It's not something I think I'd introduce to too many people, but uh, it's my number two game, Civilization, the board game. Okay. Number three is a relatively new one for me, 
Orleans. Uh, hmm. And um, we, I only started playing it last year at the World Board Gaming Championships or two years, maybe just no, last, it was last year. year. Last year. Yeah, so a year ago. Um, and uh, it's a um, kind of a worker placement with a deck building slash bag building game. Um, but it's a really great game. I think there's a lot of strategy. It's fun. It's relatively easy to teach. Uh, I don't think you've played it. No, that's been on my list that I want to play with you. Um, you'll have to bring it to this year's event. So yeah. Can, it, I can learn it and play. And it could be that, it's, you know, it's kind of, I've only been playing it less than a year. And that's why it's on some one of my top five lists of all time. But it is a really great game. Right. So, I think that's fair. So Orleans, number three. Number four is Concordia, which you have played this. Uh, this is a... It's hard to describe what it is. It is. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I have not played a full game. Every time oh, we've started right. it, we yeah. get about three quarters of the way through that's and right. something else comes up. So I, that's also on my list of a game I actually want to play all the way through. So it's a very strategic game. Um, slight aspect of deck building because you're buying new cards to put in your deck. But on each turn, you just play... One card and it allows you to do an action on a board. You have to move around and try to uh, build settlements and gain resources. Uh, but um, hard to, game to explain. Definitely a deep strategic game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I own several different maps for this game. Um, I like it that there's very little luck involved at all. It's, it's just pure strategy. Simple to play, but still very deep. That's number four, Concordia. Number five on my list was a tough one, but I chose Seven Wonders. Um, now, that's a game, that's probably one of the early games we started playing. Um, and again, the, you know, it may not be uh, the best game ever, but I enjoy the drafting uh, mechanism with it. And it's fun to play, again, with a group who are relatively new to games. You can teach it pretty quickly, and most people can understand it. And um, you know, when you have uh, four, five, six players, it's still a lot of fun. Moves right. quickly, um, and so, and it's just enjoyable. I really like that one. Uh, Seven Wonders Duel as well. We play that quite a bit still, yeah. and um, so Seven Wonders is my number five. I li- you know what I like that choice as your number five because I think it's a, a game where you play with a lot of people, but it's not a party game. It's it's right. not, it's a unique game in that. Regards and it moves pretty fast. Yes, exactly. everybody is playing it. You can play with the yep. seven people, right? Up to yeah, seven. up to seven, and, and it goes at the same speed as it would uh, a three to four player game. Right. Exactly. Uh, good, interesting list. So there's our top five, which uh, we may change over time, but for right now, you know, it's a kind of loose assessment of our top five. Games. No, mine's never changing. No. It's going to always be the same. <laughs> So um, let's talk about our game purchasing and collecting so that uh, listeners have a uh, understanding. Um, how many, you have any idea how many games you have right now? I'm going to say roughly 30. And so that would be uh, not including, so I have one Dominion and three expansions. I count that as one game. So I believe I have roughly 30. All right, well, you're out of control. Uh, no, I'm sure as people have picked up on it, since we have a segment called That's Ridiculous, where we analyze your board gaming purchase and board game accessory purchasing, uh, that I'm not the one out of control. <laughs> How many games do you have? I don't know. 
I mean, yeah, because you can't count can't, that high. It's not crazy. I mean, realistically, it's between two and 300, I'd say. Okay. It's really not crazy, crazy. Um, I think a majority of people, if they're not seasoned board gamers, might find that a little crazy that are listening. Understood. Fair enough. Um, I will say, um, when it comes to choosing games, first of all, of all those games, there's very few that we haven't played. And it's mainly because they're in the pipeline to be played. I don't buy a lot of new games until we played the one so um i have a two or three from christmas i still haven't played and you know um they're they'll get played so almost all the games get played there's very few that don't and i do put i don't just buy random new games that come out sure we i have a i think the collection has a variety of games that we can play with different people because we do have a lot of different people that come over to play games and so I'm not buying just all heavy Euro games that I like. I think we have a good variety of games. So there's always something that, that I can play with somebody no matter what their experience. Right. Uh, so Yeah, and on the, on the flip side, I think my my purchasing, I basically look at what, what Lorelai will play. And right. She is definitely not as into games, so I'm not going to buy heavy, any sort of Euro games or heavy strategic games because I'll just come over here and play them. Right. Play yeah. them with you and Annette. So my focus has definitely been now on on picking up games like like Sagrada um, mm-hmm. that I in, in paperback and hardback that I think she'll she'll enjoy. And again, it's it's time for us. You know, right. I, I like the half hour to an hour time frame. So I definitely analyze it a lot harder. And then I also know that I can just come and take any one of your board games at any time. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Which I actually haven't done a lot. <laughs> but we do have, and then we do have, you know, most of the time I'll, I'll play with that, but we have people over all the time. So we have a lot of games that are, you know, minimum three players really needs four players. So, you know, we have those for occasions when we have other people over. So, but there's a lot of two player games that, uh, or games that are best with two players that I do when I, purchase i'm like what's a new sometimes i think what's a new game i can play with the net mm-hmm. but other times it's like hey we had these people over and this might be a good game uh, for a group or new players so i try to balance it i won't buy like if i have a game that partic- fits a particular category or group i'm kind of reluctant to buy another game that fits that you know right unless it's something that looks really intriguing i'm not just gonna i just don't go out buy games randomly um, Sometimes it does seem like that with uh, when you just go game, random game arrives. I'm like, where? Did, what is that? Even? I didn't, never I've even heard of that. Occasionally, <laughs> but most of the games we have have had seen many, many plays. True, you definitely do play your games. I don't think there's yeah. you know there's so called uh, shelf of shame where you have right. a shelf that no that no one's ever played a game. But yeah. um, so we've we've touched on our wives and their interest in gaming. Why don't Why don't you talk about Annette and kind of what she likes to play and, and what she's going to contribute to the podcast moving forward yeah so since the wives are going to be uh regular guests we wanted to introduce them a little bit um um but uh so my wife annette um she enjoys playing everything um and except she does not right sorry she does not like co-op games no does not like cooperative games uh for some reason unless it's a cooperative game where she can play as the bad guy Right, the one versus many. Right, yes. she does like those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, she um, <clears throat> um, likes heavy strategy games, mm-hmm. uh, games that take several hours. Um, she likes lighter, quick games. She likes party games when we have people over. So she will play just about anything. I think uh, 
she does like to, and this is why we play some uh, certain games over and over. She likes to not just play a game once or twice and move on, but play a game several times so she can kind of grasp the strategy. So when it comes to the, so since the apps have come out on um, the iPad, she's played, and this is logged, Puerto Rico uh, close to 2,000 times. I believe. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, it's, it's logged in the app, so it's no... two thousand times yeah. in Puerto Rico. I and mean, that game after a couple of times for a while, and she's hooked. Uh, Lahav, she probably was up to five hundred plus games of that. Whoa! Yeah, which we own the physical physical game of both of those. But oh my app. gosh! Uh, and then Agricola now recently, she's probably I don't know. I haven't. I don't know if that app keeps the stats. It but, does. Yeah, okay, I, I think I've gotten uh, maybe a hundred and some games. Oh, she's been playing. on that. Yeah. yeah. So, crazy. So she definitely um, enjoys the uh, strategic part of the games uh, enough where she plays them on the app constantly. Um, but she's also, like myself, into the social aspect, too, and will play uh, any type of game when we have friends over. Just last weekend, we had some friends over, new games, we play a bunch of Love Letter, you know, and we'll, we'll play games like that. So, okay. um, yeah. So, how about Lorelai? Well, I, I've definitely talked about her not being as into it. Uh, I, I call her a reluctant gamer, so... You know, you've seen it when she's been over. You will be, oh, should we play uh, this more strategic game? And I'm kind of like, no, let's not, let's right. not do that. She she definitely enjoys the social aspect. She'll like a game where you can you can drink more during it, or mm-hmm. or if we're playing two players, um, she likes a game like Patchwork, you know, puzzle right. puzzly type games. Um, Sagrada, she's kind of gotten into. Um, she she's really enjoying the, the most recent Pandemic, and I think. Because I game a lot, um, I tend to win a lot of our games. Right. So I think she likes the co-op aspect because that takes it out, yeah. uh, takes the competitiveness out of it. Although she has been cleaning my clock in a lot of two-player games recently. <laughs> I mean, Seven Wonders Duel, I never beat her up until like a week ago. Wow. Which I don't get. I mean, I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand yeah. how it's happening. So she, um, she will be good to contribute to the show, I think, on our inebriated nonsense segments. Yeah. Um, and give insights into to lighter games, um, more more for intro gamers, and it'll be a good perspective to get those different differing views. Yeah, and so we'll have both Annette and Lorelai on for inebriated nonsense and a lot of our reviews because honestly, we play a lot of the games with them. I mean, Annette's played most of the games in my collection, so she has an opinion on um, all of them. Also, Annette also likes to paint and she paints a lot of board game related paintings right um which has they're all on our wall yes i did allude to that earlier yes so we'll probably uh put some examples of those up on our website at some point but she does do a lot of uh board game related paintings so she definitely is into the hobby whether she will admit it or not i think it's a problem (laughs) she has an app related (laughs) board gaming problem Um, so with that, that is our uh, intro episode. I hope to give you an idea about us and what the podcast is going to be uh, about. Um, you can, if you have any other questions, um, email us. Again, it's at uh, boardgamelosers at gmail.com. Right, or our Twitter or Instagram, at boardgamelosers. And uh, I am the one that posts on there, mm-hmm. so most of it is related to the games I'm playing. But occasionally I'll throw um, something from Darren on there or Annette that they've they've put up and the website as well 
uh, boardgamesareforlosers.com. That's right. And you'll right. see a stunning picture of us um, after we rode bikes at the World Board Gaming Championship. That's true. Which, ironically, a lot of people made fun of us for doing physical activity when we could have been board gaming. That is true. <laughs> so it all comes full circle here. <laughs> That's right. So that's the end of this episode. Uh, go check out uh, episode number one. And we hope to, uh, as we're just getting started, release episodes uh, at least once a month. We're not on any regular schedule at this point, mainly because of the difficulty in scheduling guests for each of the episodes. We hope to do at least once a month. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, if we can do more than that, we definitely will. Um, so, uh, yeah, feel free to send us an email. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. For more information about the podcast, check out www.boardgamesareforlosers.com. If you have questions that you want answered on the show, or if you just want to tell us that you still think we're losers, you can email us at boardgamelosers at gmail.com. You can chat with other losers in our forums over at boardgamegeek.com by visiting guild number 3300. And don't forget to check out our amazing board game photography on Instagram by following at Board Game Losers.